Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello. Hi. We have returned from the land of the hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently I forgot my job was to That's turn, okay. on the, turn on the mics. That's okay. Anyway. There is no price for that. You are fine. So thank you, everyone, for joining us here. Hopefully this is kind of breaking up a little bit of your hiatus with a podcast from us. Life has gotten in the way. All kinds of things have been happening, so we will trudge forward. This is episode number 284. The show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 284. We have a lot of great emails. We have a voicemail. We have who's in, who's out. Mm -hmm. We have a premiere date. And we have some thoughts of, mm -hmm. from us about the finale, Operation yeah. Mongoose Parts 1 and 2. We're going to shove them all together okay. into one podcast. Right on. And we will roll forward from there. Already. Already having trouble. Okay. <laughs> we do have news. We have news that Oncers care about. Mm-hmm. Sad news. Happy news, depending on who you are. <laughs> and then happy news all around. Mm-hmm. The sad news is, it's sort of like you kind of expected it to happen, but you didn't want it to happen, some of you, and... But it did. So Michael Saka is out as a series regular of Once Upon a Time. That's unfortunate. And like I said, some of us kind of saw it coming, unfortunately. Well, sure. I think that there may have been a bigger role for him, but they didn't go there for mm -hmm. some reason. That's what I would say, too. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe they couldn't get... Anastasia or something like that. Right. Maybe they had a huge kind of a crossovery thing, mm -hmm. but it didn't happen. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because Michael Stock is awesome. He is, and I did. There's a number of people. Probably some people don't like him or his character. I did. I liked him. I liked his character. I wanted to see more. I wanted to learn more. I think Marilyn, friend of the show. Mm -hmm number of times didn't mention that so yeah I agree. well and i think we liked him so much because we were fans of his from once upon a time in wonderland mm -hmm. and because we saw how awesome he was over there and how just critical to the storyline he was there we assumed that that would translate really well into our friends at storybrook or our friends in storybrook mm -hmm. and at this point it just unfortunately i don't think they utilized him to the max capacity no. So, I still want to know what, you know, I mean, he was caught with that page from Alice in Wonderland with the Red Queen. I still yes. want to know what that's all about. Absolutely. It would be interesting. I, I have not, at to, up to this point, read any of the comic books or any of the, the novels that they've put out. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I would love to read the story that almost was mm -hmm. for Will. Mm-hmm. In store and once upon a time, mm 
Mm-hmm. I would love to read that. Yeah, yeah. There has to be some type of notes, and that would be kind of a fun project, I think, for yeah. some of the writers yeah. to kind of create something, add a little money to the coffers and give us mm-hmm. something else to buy. Yeah. At Disneyland or somewhere. So who's in? This is really cool, is that Robin Hood and Zelina have more story to tell as series regulars in Once Upon a Time. Yay. So Sean McGuire and Rebecca Mater, we give a big congratulations mm-hmm. to you. You guys are now series regulars. Which so, is awesome. It makes sense. I mean, they have such a huge, again, pivotal you know, part of the story, especially now. And they've been very key to the story up to this point anyway. So I'm I'm actually very happy. And they're just the nicest people in the world. They are. Just the nicest people. So um, very lovely, gracious people. So very happy for them. Yes, they are all of that. And we have a very incredible announcement to make. The premiere date has been announced. It's going to be Sunday, of course. Mm-hmm. September 27th at 8 p.m. Pacific time and wherever. Mm-hmm. It could be a different day, a different time, wherever you live in the world. And hopefully we won't be on a cruise ship this right. time. <laughs> no. Good Lord. Don't think so. Wow. So anyhow, that's exciting. And we know how to start counting our hiatus days down. I don't even know how many days are left, but there's a few. Mm-hmm. So something else, too, is if you are... As a listener, yes, Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. if you're going to be attending a convention or an expo or something and there is a Once Upon a Time panel or there's a Once Upon a Time character or actor that played a character on Once Upon a Time that mentions Once Upon a Time, live tweet that little segment and include at OUAT podcast. And we would love to be part of spreading your little live tweeting so you can be a reporter for us that would really be great Mm -hmm. another Mm -hmm. thing too is if you're somewhere maybe you live in new york maybe you're on a trip going to disneyland disney world tokyo disney wherever you're going and you happen to see a once upon a time actor Mm -hmm. and you don't take a picture of their little children just the actors Mm mm-hmm Please tweet that out and include at OUAT podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you need a little help seeing who's where, you can also follow Disneyland Celeb. It's at Disneyland Celeb. And folks will kind of say, hey, I saw Jenny Goodwin. Hey, I saw Josh Dallas. Not too long ago, I think it was yesterday, mm-hmm. Rebecca Mater was at Disneyland. Oh, was she? And a few days ago, uh, Ursula. Oh, Marin Dungy. Yes, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. was at Disneyland nice. taking her little um, child. Aww. So anyway, there are some little helpful things that will help you. And like I said, let's not take photos of the children and strollers and this and that. But, you know, if you have an opportunity to take a picture of the actor, that would be great. It'd be cool to get a selfie if you could. Just be nice. Ask nice. Don't bother. That kind of a thing. So lastly, but not leastly... Please follow us on Twitter Least, at Leastly. That's right. <laughs> at OUAT Podcast. That's who we are on Twitter. All kinds of fun stuff. Even Mr. Gil McKinney noticed 
what we were tweeting. Yeah. I was doing some fun memes. I do some quizzes. I do some fun little questions, some mm-hmm. things that you can get involved in. Yep. All to keep our mind off the hiatus. So I do the best I can. So please follow us because there's going to be some giveaways coming. So let's let's get as many followers as possible. I'd like to get to 3,000 followers. That'd be nice. At least. And then we'll go from there. So thanks so much for all that. And now we move on to this. I took copious notes when we watched the finale, and I'm not going to read them all, but I'm going to read a few that kind of jumped out. And I think as I do, Colleen, you will share some things as well. You mentioned Gimbal's department store. I did. And there was a couple of really cool things about Gimbal's that came up. And the first thing is, as you said, it was featured in a very famous film. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street, if I'm not mistaken. Miracle on 34th Street. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. And also it's a, for, I believe it was many years, I think it was, okay, 1887, and it was closed in 1987. Mm-hmm. So it's always the big Gimbals versus Macy's because mm-hmm. they were like the the rivals, Gimbals and Macy's. Yeah. So that's kind of a fun a fun little mention mm-hmm. in the show. Yeah. And it, it was very. I watched it again, and I'm a creative person, mm-hmm. and I know that we have a lot of creative people that listen to us. And when Isaac was in the television store Mm -hmm. creative people find it difficult to fit in somewhere they either dress differently Mm -hmm. or think differently or Mm -hmm. they are rebels or there's certain all these names for creative people and he was doing this job selling televisions Mm -hmm. obviously that's not what he wanted to do no and so creative people that's kind of how we survive. We do things that we don't necessarily want to do so that we can do what we want to do at night or weekends or whatever. And so, but the one thing that this guy said, the soul crushing statement to Isaac, he said, you don't tell stories people want. Mm, mm-hmm. If you want to kill somebody, a creative person, is a creative person, just uh-huh. say, you don't paint anything people want to buy. Mm-hmm. You don't sing anything people want to listen to. And you don't write stories that people want. That's really... Yeah. You know. that, that That's pretty so. destructive, actually. So the... Anyway, he, he did, finally. And there's a little bit of a hero's journey to that as well. The choosing of the pen and the going on and also Henry as well. It's a lot of really cool kind of mentions back to season one. Yeah. The There's a lot of flashback type stuff to season one or parallels. Mm-hmm. Should, I should say not flashback, but parallels. When Henry went into Storybrooke, it was just like Emma. He went the exact same direction. Meaning when he left the Mary Margaret and yes. the Charming's house mm-hmm. to go look for everyone after the whole shakeup happened, 
it was, yeah, he followed the same route that Emma had taken when she first arrived in Storybrooke. When Henry's car went into the fog leaving Storybrooke, it was like Emma's car leaving Storybrooke uh, a number of episodes ago. Yeah. And we mentioned that we thought that pod, or we thought that episode was like the finale of the season. Yeah. So. All right. Um, Isaac got what he wanted, but it didn't seem to make him happy. Nope. He finally was this huge author. Everyone knew. He had people coming. He had people dressing up as the characters and Mm -hmm. all this. And it still wasn't making him happy. No, because, I mean, as he saw firsthand, you know, oh, please tell me you're going to do this. Do this. What about this? And you you can't just leave this. You can't make this happen. I mean, people, again... I think that was kind of almost a little bit of a thing from Adam and Eddie saying, you know, look, we're telling these stories and we understand you're passionate about it, but coming up and harassing us about how the story goes, it's not really cool. Right. Because that's really what it, what it was all about. I mean, it's amazing to me how many people go, they should totally do this with this character. They can't do that to that character. Please, you, know, mm-hmm. you just can't. That would be wrong. It, you know what? If if that's a story you want to tell, you're welcome to go ahead and do that. But the story they're telling is the one they're telling. And, and you have to kind of, you know, reconcile with that. I know it's tough for some people to hear that. But, you know, they're – because I know people don't like – certain story arcs and we've had a number of people who've said i'm not watching this show anymore because they did they this. don't <laughs> and it's really unfortunate because again mm. you know it, it kind of I, I use this analogy for a lot of things and i think it it's very appropriate you know if you go to an, a restaurant and you order a salad and you find one little brown piece of lettuce in your salad do you send the whole salad back or do you just take that brown piece of lettuce out and you set it aside and you don't eat it you 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 don't send an entire salad back simply because of one brown piece of lettuce or maybe two. If your whole bowl's brown, obviously you send it back. But do you know what I'm saying? It's right. that whole thing of just because there's one or two things you may or may not like about it, you you just you don't eat those things. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy the rest of it. But with with, po- with social media and the pervasiveness and the ease of really ranting mm-hmm. now we have this whole society of people that just really kind of aren't happy about right certain things right. but I, I think there's also a way that you can go in between and say well i'm not very interested in that part but i really love the show i love the story right. overall and right. some people think i'm kooky for that but i i don't know i i want to see where the story's going i still Am yep. interested. No, I agree with you 1,000%. I want to know where this experimental book that Isaac was writing, where that book is. Yeah. What that title is. Yeah. And at first I thought it was maybe where the book room, you know, in the... Mm-hmm. In the Sorcerer's Mansion. Yes. Yeah. And maybe that's where they were. And maybe you have to look hard to see it. Maybe they're all written in, but maybe it's kind of like Emma and August. If you don't believe, then you don't see it. Hmm. I don't know. So Possibly. My thinking, though, is that it was not written in the book. It was just written in a notepad, which is why okay. it's uh, it was easily torn out of it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
I know it's a similar page and maybe he tore the page out of the book or something like that. But it's just to me when it's an experimental book like that, because it seems yeah, like you're right. you're right. it seems like anything he writes actually happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Or has already happened. So if he's writing an experimental bo- book, if he was writing that, where did he write that? I don't think it was in a normal book. book. Probably a yellow lined pad. Well, the, the famous one. I don't yeah, think it's yeah, that, but yeah. I think it was that he had he found a, a pad of paper or something that is the same type of paper. Or when you rip a page out, it it's not part of the book now. It becomes experimental. So he's possibly got a bunch of ripped pages out that if yeah. they were inserted into the book would then become part of the book. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like like August. Yeah. And uh, sort of like the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we've never talked about that either. So August was able to insert pages into the book. Mm-hmm. Why? Why was he yeah, able to do that? Yeah, he was the only non-author, quote-unquote, that actually got to manipulate the uh-huh. story. Yeah. And he knew how to unbind and rebind the book again. Right, right. How did he know that? Yeah. Yeah, nobody really... I mean... And he, the book isn't written on typewriter, yet that's what he had in his his box that he used to carry around. Right. I think that was just a, a prop. No, no, you bring up very good questions. Mm. So... I mean, does that mean that August had the potential to become an author? The next author? Is it because Possibly. Isaac was locked away in the book that he had that that's the only reason why he was able to do that? Mm. Because now that Isaac is out, nobody would be able to do that anymore. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like almost like a ghostwriter of sorts. Mm-hmm. How did he know to do that? I mean, there's lots of questions I have. How did August know a lot of this stuff? I think that that's the, a story I want to see. Yeah, I, I think the typewriter was a ruse. I think it was a MacGuffin. Yeah, I maybe. think it was to kind of show. Yeah, where his mind was, but well, uh, maybe maybe he knew how to add stories in a way to kind of get around that whole pen thing. Well, the whole typewriter the thing, the fact that he typed out, "I know your bit, I know who you are, your bit sure, of fire." Sure, sure. That whole thing for Neil, that's all fine and dandy, but I mean, it was kind of one of those things. You just kind of. It was, I know, like you said, maybe it was a MacGuffin of sorts, but it was just one of those things. It, it's just, that's, I'm fascinated by August's story now of how he knew to do that, where, I mean, there's so many things about his story we don't know. Well, okay, here, one more thing and then we got to move on. Uh, maybe Emma saw what she wanted to see. Maybe. In that box. Maybe, maybe it could have been anything. Huh? Maybe Balefire saw what he wanted to see. Because remember, Maybe. Emma couldn't see the wooden leg. Right. Anyway, so. Yeah. Good points. Yeah. All right. So, like mother, like son, Henry is the new savior. Yeah. So. I, I think there was a number of saviors, though. I think uh, Regina was a savior as right. well. So. Right. I think I there's a lot of them. Yeah. I think everybody has that capability. And whether or not they act upon it or are able to employ that quality is dependent on the situation and their willingness to do so. Do you remember what Lana said in the Regal Con panel about playing uh, the uh, bandit queen? Um, it's been a while. She said she loved it and she loved wearing and running in flats. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cause, you know, she's always she's in heels. wearing heels. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So... 
Isaac is now living his story, living the story. Yeah. So I wonder what that's like for the author who kind of plots and plans and interferes is now living out his story. Mm. All the people that he messed with from afar, now he's all intertwined with them. He is, but they don't know who he is, and that's Mm. the whole point. Can you imagine? Yeah, that'd be an interesting story in and of itself. Yes, indeed. So... Yeah, Bandit Queen said she had something to do with the killing of James. I thought that was kind of an interesting line that was just kind of mm-hmm. mentioned. Well, it was very, I mean, it's the parallel of what happened in the real story. Yeah. Where Snow inadvertently spilled a secret that got Daniel killed. So it got completely flipped. It okay. got flipped upside yeah. down to where Regina did something that accidentally got James killed. So let me let me take you back to something we talked about in our Disney Once Again podcast about okay. when we were talking about Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. There are some awful lines that bring up all kinds of really non-kid-friendly things. Oh, yeah. In that f- film, yeah. animated feature. Yeah. And it, let's, let's bring it back to Once Upon a Time when we're talking about uh, Dark Snow. Mm-hmm. The snow... Dark Snow Queen. Yeah. And she was talking about beheading and from your grave. And she really. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of not nice kind of Games of Thronesy. Yeah. But language. the funny thing is, is the delivery didn't. The delivery was great in that it didn't make you feel creepy. It kind of was almost comedic in a way. It was comedic. I loved her because, little 80s yeah. uh, kind of Billy Idolish hair. Well, and, but re- yeah. did you recognize that? That was, again, a parallel to Regina. There mm-hmm. was an outfit Regina wore where she looked like she had a kind of a faux hawk as well. Mm-hmm. And it was very similar dress to what Ginny was wearing for, you know, Snow Evil Queen. Evil Snow Queen. Evil Queen Snow, whichever one she is. Yes. All of the above. But yeah, she, um, that was the whole, that was the point is that it was a parallel. Um, you know, in a sense, David was this, was kind of playing this similar role to Regina's father. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, the, the servant who is, or even actually Graham in a, in a certain in, uh, respect, because Graham didn't have his heart in his body and she controlled him, and yet he didn't understand why he felt nothing. You know what I mean? And that's the one thing it, it did carry over, is that there were no kings, there were queens. Right. And a prince. Right. Which I thought was, it, it did carry over that female in charge, and that's Absolutely. it. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of funny that he went that route. Sorry, a little Wookiee there. Lots of, lots of Star Wars little quotes here and there. Will you stop calling me that? And mm-hmm. we're getting your ship back, and so mm-hmm. it's all that kind of a thing. Also, yeah. Emma did another famous "Hey," which mm-hmm. is what yeah she said initially to the dragon, and also uh, charming said to uh, Regina. And, yeah. Um, so. There were a lot of parallels to the pilot. The the war table did have imperial colors like the Death Star. Oh, absolutely. And 
let's see. Snow was kind of like, to me, the Red Queen without all the yelling. She was very quick to make a decision. Yeah. Off of their head. Do that. I don't, you know, whatever. It was just right. like, no, no real thought. What I love about Regina's Evil Queen is there was, it's like you're watching a play and it's this winding up. She just gets louder and fuming. And then the decision comes where Snow was more kind of quiet and calculating, but hair trigger. But you can't, you couldn't tell by listening that she was that way. So I right. That was kind and of- that's exactly, that's, that's exactly right. It was very similar to, it, it, basically it was snow being snow, yeah. but mean. Mm-hmm. The, another- and Regina was still Regina. Yeah. That was one of the things that I pointed out that as we were watching this, that struck me is this alternate reality of mm-hmm. these characters. They still retained qualities of their real selves. So Regina was still Regina with the biting wit, but she wasn't evil. Mm-hmm. Snow was still very soft and kind of had a sickly sweet kind of a thing to her underneath that mean, mean, quick hair trigger, you know, exterior kind of a thing. Charming was kind of charming, but, you know, puppet mastered charming. You know what I mean? They all kind of had this. And even Stiltskin had his witty goofy, you know, silly comedic way of being Rumpelstiltskin, even though he was the hero, quote unquote. And, Do you know what I mean? And I, I'm going to try to only mention this once, but what I did notice is that in the alternate universe, Rumpelstiltskin and Belle was reminiscent of Rumpelstiltskin, Mila, and Bay. A little bit, yeah. Because it was the the nuclear family right you know and with the child but now mm-hmm. Rumpelstiltskin and Bell obviously have a rocky marriage without a child Correct. so it's kind of but do you yeah. see what was happening there Rumpel was dictating what was supposed to go in the book for his story right he was basically trying to do over what he couldn't do with Bay and and he, remember he told Isaac, he said, I want to keep the memory alive. Uh-huh. But how would that figure in with the new child? Correct. Anyway, just, Correct. Yeah, right. He didn't want to lose the memory of Bay, but he didn't want to remember all the horrible things he had done to him kind of a thing. And what was fascinating is that he was basically trying to get a do over with Bay, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't it, even though it wasn't Bay at all. Yeah. It was a brand new child. And he was trying to. He did exactly what Bell had said to him. You had all that. You had all of this. You had a good marriage. You had a wife who loved you. You had all that, and you didn't have to do any of this. Mm -hmm. You you could have had everything you asked for and more if you had just you know not done all this stuff. And the funny thing is, is he assumed that just by simply rewriting it, it would have made things better. And look what still happened. Right. So, I mean, it, no, it still didn't work out for him, and he was still a little bit cowardly. He was terrified of losing his wife and child again in this in this alternate universe, and what did he do? He listened to the author. Yeah. Because, again, self-preservation. He's got that overdeveloped sense of self-preservation. So the author told him, if you don't stop 
Regina and Emma and Henry from, you know, getting, you know, from stopping the wedding, it's going to go back to what it was before. And you don't want that. So on some level, even though this alternate universe Rumple didn't know what he was really talking about, right. supposedly, the real Rumple absolutely still was in there. And that's that's the key. You can rewrite the story all you want. You can you can rewrite the facts. You can state the facts as you know however you want to state them. It doesn't change the truth of the matter, which is at the very core of who people are, they are who they are. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's the same principle of, you know, you can put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig, right? Yes. I don't want to think about lipstick on a pig. No. All right. So another Star Wars line is, what does your heart tell you? Mm-hmm. From that fabulous mm-hmm. Phantom Menace movie. Mm-hmm. The sword fighting was really incredible. Yeah. One of the shows I've watched in the last number of years that had really great fight scenes was Revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this sword fighting scenes in this finale reminded me of revolution yeah it was really good regina did not go into the church like she didn't go into the tavern there's something about certain instances to finish something right to break up to interrupt something but she will go into snow and charming's wedding she will go out of her carriage to go stop another wedding it's interesting in other situations right she has no no qualms about it. Right. But when it's important, like meeting your soulmate, mm-hmm. told by Tink, or going into this church to break up another soulmate. But I think that you know. speaks a lot to her her character. And I don't mean the character character. I'm talking about her inner character of her whole being, is that well, she doesn't feel she deserves this. Okay. Right? All right. How often has her mother told her she's disappointed with her, wants her to do this, wants her to be that, wants her to whatever? Regina's never had an opportunity to pursue her own stuff without somebody interfering with it. And I think she honestly feels like maybe she doesn't deserve happiness. That it, it just seems right. too easy. And I think she's afraid of love, of what it will do to her. And maybe she's afraid that it will make her weak. Because she's been told her whole life, love makes you weak. Right. She didn't believe anything. And then when her mother finally told her, no, 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 I was wrong about that. It, it, it absolutely, she can believe it. And rightfully so, because her mother never believed that either. It was all lies to get her to do what she wanted her to do. It was all self-serving yeah. again for Cora. Cora really didn't change. Cora really was the same no. person. No. And that's the funny part is that Cora, no matter how you write her, she's pretty much evil all the way through. She's nasty. The it, it's interesting, you know, when you grow up in the times of press, mm-hmm. getting press, getting story, getting mm-hmm. interest, and all this kind of thing, and putting that together with a female's dreams mm-hmm. of a wedding day, mm-hmm. they want that day to be perfect, sure. they want it to go perfectly, and they want. I know I'm treading on thin ice, but they want to be the center of attention. They're well, sure. wearing white. They're, it's all about them. And so what's interesting is that, and I'm talking about the character here, and I'm talking about the story, Regina dying ruins Zelina's wedding day. Yeah. 
when it should have been about Zelina. Right. It, I, everyone's running out, and then she got blood on her dress, you know, blood on her dress and all that. She right. was upset. Exactly. And that exactly hones into my point from earlier, where yeah. their true character was still underneath the false right. universe, the alternate universe image of who they were. It was almost as if they had put on, you know, different clothing to look like they were somebody else, but they really weren't because the Lena underneath it all event started turning green. Yeah. And it reminded me of the, not necessarily the episode, but the episode named bleeding through. Yeah. It's like, you're still you, you right. know, even going back to charming speech, we are both. Exactly. So you're not this completely different person. Right. You're in amalgamation of the two. Correct. And they're, Zelina was still Zelina. Right. It comes back to the true inner character of a person, their makeup, who they are truly inside, not what they look like outside, not what they're wearing, not, you know, how somebody writes them to be. It's that true inner character. Right. And again, I'm just totally, and I'm kind of going a little tangenty here, but I'm going to do this for a minute because I think this brings back to what we're talking about. You know, Regina going on her redemptive, you know, story arc is perfect example of how you can change your character, your core of who you are. There is that, you know, you can change your behavior and you can change kind of your outlook on life. There's still that, you know, at the core of her character, Regina's snarky, right? Mm -hmm. She's got that biting wit, that humor, that, you know, keeping people at arm's length. She's got that going on. And even in a hero role, she's doing the same thing, even as on her redemptive story arc. She's still got that. So that core character of who she is, that's there. It's the behaviors around it and her outlook on life that's being changed. So that's kind of what I'm trying to get at it. I know I said you're, you can change your character. I think you can change the, there's layers of character. If you ask me, there's the inner, inner person who very few people actually probably really understand anybody else's inner character. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I know who I am inside. I know exactly who I am inside. What people see on the outside is sometimes a reflection of that. And some, a lot of times it's not, because that inner character is, you know, it's just who I am. And the more of, you know, the more good character you have, the more people are going to see that. The more of the negative stuff, people may see that too. But if you're kind of middle of the road, I think I think it's hard for people to really get that that character of who you are. I want to jump back to something I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast and talk about the bad boss. It could be a bad boss. It could be a bad parent. It could be a bad mm-hmm. brother. It could be a bad somebody that's around you. Mm-hmm. And what they say and how they treat you and how they affect you, mm-hmm. you make a decision. And some people have made a lot of huge decisions is I'll show you. Mm-hmm. Whoever that other person was that was not seeing whatever. And maybe it's like American Idol. Maybe you can't sing. Or maybe it is like American Idol. Like, who was that gal that Simon Cowell said couldn't sing and then went on to star in the movie? And You're talking about Fantasia? No. No? Okay. Uh, Jordan. Oh, Jordan Sparks? I believe that's the one. Who was in 
the singing movie. Anyway. Oh, Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson, who on Oscar. American Idol. Yeah. They said she couldn't make it. Yeah. And she did. She, she won an Oscar for so, the little Pete. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes that's the way your life is. Sometimes you have to hone your, your talent, your skill, work, work, work so hard, but then it happens. Or other times you don't have it. But let's say that you do. And so Isaac could write. Mm-hmm. But this comment from the boss, you know, made him, you know, kind of shrink back and say, well, okay, I'll just sell televisions for $929. That was That's an quite outrageous, a television. That was an outrageous price for 1962 or 66. Yeah, it was Vibrasonic. Ooh. I mean, all <laughs> kinds of really crazy, you know, technological, stuff yeah, techn- techie names, but yeah. But he said no. I don't believe that. I want to change my destiny. I want to change my future. And so that's when he went to... Reminded me a little bit of um, the movie A Knight's Tale. Uh, Heath Ledger's character was told, you know, he wanted to be a knight, but he, he basically said, no, you're not of noble birth. You're a commoner. You cannot possibly ever become a knight. There's no way it'll happen. And then one time he and his dad, were, he was talking to his dad when he was a little kid, and he says, do you think a man can change his stars? And he, his dad said, yes, I do believe a man can change his stars. So it was kind of that whole thing of Isaac realized that, you know, by by doing what he could, he was going to change his stars. And that was that was what he did. He ultimately did it. When when I or anybody else, Walt Disney, anybody says, you know, dreams can come true when you wish upon a star, these yeah. types of things. But that's not in a vacuum. Correct. If you talk to me, if you talk to Lee Ehrenberg, if you talk to anybody mm-hmm. who has made it, they will tell you, you just don't sit in your room nope. with your door shut and say, I wish to be this. I wish to be that. You have to work. You do. And and that's part of what Isaac did something. He went down to this place that sent him the letter. He chose the, the and, and in this case, he was the right man for the job. Yeah. Unfortunately, he couldn't handle it. But anyway, I, I just really, I, I wanted to talk just a bit about that. Because you're going to get people in your life that say, you know, you can't do this and so. You're not as good as whoever. He, it takes exactly. a lot of work. It does it take a lot, a lot of work. Now, I do have an interesting question. I, maybe I just am not remembering this, but or maybe we haven't seen this yet. But the whole point of why they asked Isaac why he did what he did. When they stopped him at the end, they asked him why. And he flat out said, because you reminded me of a boss. See? How? How did he remind him of a boss? Because he said that you are pushing around the little guy. You Where are, did he see them do that, though? But, but, but that's what I'm, that's do you know what what I'm, I'm getting saying? at, is that you forecast that on other people. Right, you project that you, information. Yeah. Unless you rectify that in your mind, you will see that person everywhere. But if you really say, okay, that's one person's opinion, mm-hmm. I'm not going to... I'm not going to forecast that on everybody. Everyone's not against me. Right. It's just that one person's opinion. I have got to work. There's a drive in my heart to mm-hmm. be a singer, a writer, an actor, an artist, whatever it is. I now, and it, hopefully it puts a fire in your gut and mm-hmm. says, man, I'm ready to work now. Right. I'm ready to study and do well. 
you know, we, we've done this podcasting for a long time, and I, I know we are better than the first time we've done it. Oh, absolutely. And it comes with practice over and over and over and over and over. Do, but we, still I think have, do we still have a lot to learn? Absolutely. Uh, sure, absolutely. We, we have not arrived, Mm-mm. but I think we're on the path to, sure. to learning more and more. We've had a lot of great friends, and it's just been a lot of fun. But that's what I think he was saying. He he was still holding that grudge against that boss. Yeah, but why char- – do you know what I'm saying? I'm just I, asking, I why Charming? What specifically did he see in Charming that made him think that he was anything like that boss? Do, do you, I don't know if we ever actually saw that or if that was no, just no, his projection. I, I, think, I think it's a projection. I think there, there's a lot of people that unless you say – you're the greatest in the whole world. People say, well, why, why didn't they think I was that great? It, it, it happens, but I, I hear you. Yeah. So another thing I want to talk about is there, these are not stories that were in this uh, Heroes and Villains book. Um, uh, no, I'm sorry. In uh, the Once Upon a Time book, these aren't stories. These are the truth. Remember? Yeah. Because Henry was concerned about it. He goes, well, wait a minute, you know. So that... There are things that really happened to them. right, right. Which is interesting if you think about this. So, and this just kind of, you know, kind of came into my head. Based on what we saw, Isaac replaced Walt Disney. Right. Walt had already told those stories by the time Isaac came around. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So Isaac writing them down, they, he wrote them down differently than Walt did. Right. Why didn't Walt's stories get, you know, why didn't we see that? We did, but what I'm saying is, why are we, why are we revisiting well, the same and, character? And I, and I think, and I think uh, uh, Paul Hale might have a few things to say about that. <laughs> From uh, Disney Story Origins podcast, it's yes. a great podcast. Yes. If you need to check it out, but he Walt gave his spin exactly, and so I think as you go back in time, the original writing there is a a truth to it. Even though there's a little twist here and there, sure. there is a a truth to right. it. It's like it's like with any type of art. When someone adds to it, you, you kind of go, that's that's kind of cool, but I know that there's a real one. And you find the original, and you go, Correct. now that's the one. What so. I'm saying is, Walt took liberties, yes. yeah. and he was never imprisoned in the book. Okay. Yeah. Isaac took liberties, manipulated and influenced. He was imprisoned in the book. Right, right. Yeah. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. Well, they, yeah, for sure, they I'm trusted Walt. throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So, and there's a line in there because I never believed it. And again, the the idea of belief. I can't remember who said it. Mm. Um, Regina, maybe. Possibly. So, the darkness is the new smoke monster. So we have more <laughs> more lost. We do. And. My final question is, if Merlin could have destroyed the darkness, why didn't he? Right. Right. Why? So, so instead of destroying it, he just imprisoned it in a person. He figured. Correct. 
So, and then my question is, what about the darkness that's in Lily? Right. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of... Are it, they going to take it out of From just one person, right? Yeah. Emma's darkness is in Lily. So, those are some questions that I had. Yeah, there are a lot of questions. Thing. I'm hoping that season five will answer those for us. I I think maybe some. Some will. We have got some great emails, and we're going to jump into those emails right about now. This is from Rose. It says, Hi, Jeff and Colleen. I love the season four finale. I think it was the best season finale of the series. I was in the Cincinnati area watching it uh, with Daniel, Jenny Lewis, and Jeremy Laughlin at their podcast season finale party. We had a great time and really enjoyed watching the finale together. I did notice the date at the beginning of the episode and the Christmas music playing in the background. So as soon as The Apprentice said that the author had just recently passed away, I knew that they were referring to Walt Disney. So I told Daniel... I had the first commercial break, and this week after re-watching the episode, I noticed the date on the letter from Star Publishing was the actual date of Disney's death. I've included a screenshot of that attached to this email. It was great. Uh, I think this is the best Disney Easter egg of the entire series. I loved it. For most watchers, this Easter egg probably passed by unnoticed, but for those of us who look for Easter eggs and are up on Disney trivia, this one was awesome. I also love the Star Wars and Lost Easter eggs in this episode as well. Thanks for the great podcast as usual. You guys are great and very appreciated. Thanks for giving your time and making our once experience even better. Big love to you both. Thanks, Rose. Thank you, Rose. Thank you. And, uh, yep, Daniel over at the Once Podcast had his finale party, so I'm glad you were there and share with us. Your thoughts for sure. Yes. This is also from Rose. Uh, Jeff and Colleen, I love that you guys mentioned how the scene with Henry and Storybrooke walking down the street alone and everyone in the town had disappeared reminded you of the Twilight Zone episode of the guy all alone at the end of the world with his broken glasses. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what I thought of as soon as I saw Henry walking through the ghost town of Storybrooke. Mm -hmm. I hadn't heard anyone else who thought that, so I was like, yes. When you said that in the podcast, by the way, great podcast is always big love, Rose. Thank Thanks, you so Rose. much, Rose, for that. This is our good friend, Marilyn, and one-time podcast art designer. Thank you again, Marilyn. And we see her from time to time. We do. At different occasions here. Uh, hi, Jeff and Colleen and Lady. Lady's over there <laughs> sleeping. She thanks you. I think that overall, Eddie and Adam gave us an amazing finale and set up for the next season. I have some thoughts on both the joys and a couple, just a couple of disappointments. I don't know why, but the scene of Isaac trying to sell a couple of color TVs with the big color sign behind them made me think of the TV show, The Wonderful World of Color. Oh, yeah. That was hosted by Walt Disney. And I loved to watch that as a kid. So I wondered if the date, December 1966, was a shout out to that. I looked it up and it turned out the show ran from 61 to 69. And um, now the date on that uh, letter was um, Walt's death. Uh, the scene where the apprentice lays out all the different pens and asks Isaac to choose reminded me of the scene in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade mm. where Indy 
was asked to choose the goblet, which was the goblet, uh, the Holy Grail to save his father's life. Mm -hmm. I almost expected the apprentice to say, choose wisely. True. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been a great shout out. I think we were getting little clues throughout the finale that we were headed for Camelot next season. Among them were the overhead shot of the round table, true, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the castle, and when Henry picks up the sword that looks like Excalibur. Mm, Very mm -hmm. true. Good good pull. And I I think there's been little hints here and there throughout. We even had a little faux Excalibur sword with snow and different things here and there. So, yes, we are going to go see Merlin, and I don't know if Lancelot... Will be there the real one? I don't know. Yeah. Arthur, maybe? Yep. We haven't seen King Arthur yet. That'd be awesome. Maybe a Monty Python. Guinevere. Anyway. No, not that one. I was really enjoying having the characters flipped from good to evil and vice versa. In fact, one of my disappointments is that they sped through that aspect of the story so quickly. Mm-hmm. I had been hoping their switched personalities would continue into the beginning of next season. I thought so, too. I thought that we would see a little more. Yeah. But it's almost like the finale is kind of its own thing. So My thinking is, how would they have managed to undo everything yeah. if, in fact, it had gotten stuck that way? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because they were, Henry had to get to the end of the book, and that was the only place he could get to that had a door. Right? That yeah. was the only image in the book that had a door. So that's why he flipped through to the end of the book. And he had to do it quickly. So... I'm afraid that if they had done that and kept it, which would have been awesome, would have been really fascinating to see how this would have worked itself out, how they would have managed to switch things around, um, you know, once it was stuck that way. So, yeah, I'll continue to read Marilyn's email. How could you not enjoy seeing evil snow strutting around in that amazing gown and charming and guy liner? (laughs) <laughs> and I would have so liked more of the bandit Regina paired up with the outlaw Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. True. It, it was pretty funny. Even the, because I think the bandit Regina really was a Han Solo-ish character, mm-hmm. I thought. Oh, very much and so. And they were kind of trading stories at the cantina, let's mm-hmm. say, and, and all that. I thought it was just a, a lot of fun. There were really some cool moments. Yeah. And gr- grumpy subbing in so no one really you know, breaks a sweat killing people and oh, i'll kill him i don't want to put you out you know I, i'll save you the trouble i'll do it right now yeah you know yeah oh grumpy all right uh so when hook and henry go to the rescue em i got a good laugh when hook said he was bringing a prisoner from the kingdom of kashik and henry saying the wookie prisoner gag works every time yep. great star wars shout outs yep and uh, I got to mention our good friends, Richard and Sarah Woloski over there at Skywalking Through Neverland. I imagine they, I think they even tweeted me. They, yeah. they said, oh my gosh, it's so, <laughs> so fun. All right. And speaking of Hook, a goat's milk swilling meek deckhand Hook was something I never expected to see. I know. I must say that the scene with Emma teaching Hook some sword skills was pretty hot. And I was with you, Colleen. When Charming knifed Hook, I yelled out a big no at my TV. Yep. That's why I was upset when, after the tearful confession to Regina, Emma did not tell Hook she loved him (gasps) when they were all back in Storybrooke again. But I must concede that Emma admitting to her love to Hook before sacrificing herself to the darkness had much more impact. True. Yes, it did. That's absolutely true. 
Great scene between Emma and Regina where Emma speaks to her about risking everything for love. Yeah, the the, the culmination when they went back to Storybrooke, mm-hmm. I felt was a great ending. Mm-hmm. I did kind of, there were some good moments, but that last like quarter section mm-hmm. or eighth or whatever it was, it was kind of like, yeah, okay. I, I don't know. It felt... Kind of like the epilogue to me. It's like, mm-hmm. just, yeah. So, but it, it worked. Uh, love the scene where Regina becomes the hero by stepping in front of Henry to keep him from Rumpel's blade. When Zelina starts complaining about blood on her dress and you see her hand turning green, was that when the villain story started to unravel? For if Zelina was a true hero, she would not have been turning green with envy. That's true. Correct. I think it started to unravel the minute Henry and the author dropped in. Hmm. That's when yeah. I think it started to unravel. Yeah, because... But it was yeah. just that, it was that imperceptible, you pull at that thread, just a teeny tiny little bit. That was the pulling of that loose thread. That was the beginning of the pull. You know how when you pull a loose thread and you think, oh, it's just right here, and then you pull a little more to see how far you're you're going to go with it? That's what I think was well, that you, moment, was when they dropped in. Well, let me give another example. It was kind of like Emma dropping into Storybrooke. That's, oh, yeah. That's well, started to unravel yeah. the curse. Absolutely. And you're right. Henry kind of touched not every character. No, but, but most of them. But he spent time with Regina. Yeah. Spent time around Rumpel. Rumpel. So. Emma. Yeah. yeah. He even got a little bit of Snow and Charming. Little tiny bit. A little bit. bit. You're right. You're right. So, I mean, Hook, yep, he got, yep, yep. you know, so it was it was key moments. Um, I'm going to mention another podcast, a Once Upon a Podcast, uh, Amanda and Brittany. They had a lot of really great uh, groups of mm, mm-hmm. Henry and Hook. And you know what I mean? Yeah. They had a really great kind of a, a line out of, uh, of that. So go and check that check them out as well but i think we just we mentioned quite yeah. a few right there yeah. all right so let's go ahead and a couple of other items of interest to me were when the apprentice removed the darkness from rumple's heart it was glowing with a pure white light also that lily mentioned the pendant on her necklace was a piece of her egg Yes. I did not know that. Well, I was, I, okay. I, it makes sense that it was her egg. That makes a lot more sense to me. I thought it might have been part of uh, one of Maleficent's claws, you know? Yeah. But it, it makes more sense that it's her egg. I've taken that, that Talon MacGuffin 45 times. I thought that's what the little <laughs> rattle thing was. I thought it was a Talon of something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that I thought was a little Talon. Anyway, yeah. so I'm... Talons you fall for the not, old talon thing. I know. The talons don't make the world go round, I guess. If you guess. want to fool Jeff, just start throwing talons in. That's right. <laughs> America's got talons. Okay. Oh. That's it. The biggest disappointment to me in this finale was that there was literally no will at all. I have to agree. Yeah. Or, or uh, uh, Raphael Sabarge. No, 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 Archie, Megan. No, Ruby. No, um, Maleficent. No Maleficent. So. And that was kind of weird. But I mean, you're right. she'd been such a huge part of it up to this point. And, I mean, we had a little bit of Lily. So my that was my question. Where the heck was Maleficent in all this? 
And and I'll say one thing. I'm not trying to derail this email at all, but we didn't get a glimpse of anything from pointing to season five. No. Like we did for season three. Yeah, four. season Yeah, the four end of season three for four. Yeah. We yeah. kind of knew where we were going because we saw something. We didn't see anything this time. No, we didn't. So. And what I wonder is, just kind of a little sidetrack, tiny little bit, just because we're talking about this. Maleficent is the reason she's not. She didn't win Sears because she's not in the book because she was dust. She can't. That's why she can't. Remember, mm-hmm. she can't leave Starbrook because mm-hmm. they resurrected her. Okay. So if she leaves it, she is. She doesn't exist anymore because she said that a couple of episodes wow. ago. Okay. So that's the only explanation I can come up with of why we didn't see her is because if she was not in Storybrooke anymore, she would be gone, permanently gone. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that, that definitely that definitely could be. Um, so if Eddie and Adam didn't have an explanation for that, they can use that if they want to. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Adam and Addie. You said it again, Adam and Addie. What the heck? <laughs> You do that. I do. Oh, man. Uh, wow. Well, they need to change their name uh, so that no. it makes sense. No. Okay. Uh, I will continue with Marilyn's email. Boy, the... Adam is a combination of their two names. The, uh, <laughs> where the wheels have come off the cart. Not even a glimpse and only mentioned in passing by Bell. Will. Yeah. The only reason I can think for this is that we have not had his backstory told yet on once. And would have needed for that, for his character to have been flipped in the yeah. alternate story book. Yeah. I really hope that they will rectify this situation next season. We need more will, not less. And that's true. I wish it, before he was let go as mm. a series regular mm-hmm. that we he would have done one last good deed for the folks in Storybrooke. And then he could have Maybe gone. he has. We just don't okay, know. Fair enough. Dun, dun, dun. Finally, having Emma become the dark one was not an ending to the season that I would have never anticipated. Good one, Eddie and Adam. <laughs> Since it, oh man, I need an app. Just call them Addie. Because <laughs> that's no. Adam and Eddie together. So okay. just Addie. Just say yeah. Addie. Uh, since it seems that they will be going to Camelot, do you think Emma might appear as a Morgan Le Fay type character? Oh. Who's that? Morgan Le Fay? I don't know who that is. If I'm not mistaken, Morgan Le Fay is the um, character. She's an evil sorceress. Okay. So, but interestingly enough, I'm glad she brought that up because OMG, OMG, OMG. I know where she's going with this. Okay. Okay. Well, want me to finish your paragraph? Yeah, finish it, but don't okay. let me forget this thought. No, no, no. Uh, she is a powerful enchantress in the Arthurian legend. So there you go. There you have it. Right. Here's where I'm thinking they're going with this. A few years ago, there was a fun little movie that I don't think a lot of people really either saw or enjoyed or vice versa or both. But I actually saw it and I liked it. I thought it was very good. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Okay. Nicholas Cage, Jay Baruchel, Alfred Molina. Mm-hmm. It was Disney. Right. I'm wondering if they're going to pull some of that hmm. into this next season. I don't know. Because if they do, and she becomes that Morgan Le Fay character, it's Morgan or Morgana Le Fay, however you want to look at it. Bottom line is, it is definitely yes. 
uh, that would make sense. The other thing we should expect to see if that's the case is possibly – we don't know the name of the, the Sorcerer's Apprentice right now, do we? Uh, no. We just know him as the Apprentice. Right. I wonder if they'll reveal his name to be Balthazar. Okay. Because that would be Nicolas Cage's character's name, mm-hmm. right? And then I wonder if we'll also see Alfred Molina's character come into play as another sorcerer who was another apprentice who went evil and who got locked up into the, oh, Grimhold. Okay. Dude, I like this movie. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's actually really a fun movie. It's a great movie. Um, and very funny. Nicolas Cage is it hilarious. Was- it was kind of sad. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. When the apprentice and, and all this kind of thing came out in once, there was a lot of people looking up that and ended at that movie, but never went to Fantasia. Yeah. But that's the first thing I thought of when I yeah, saw the hat. Really, well, yeah, because that's the more Disney classic so. animated feature that fits in with this. But this would make sense yeah. because yeah. having Morgan, Le Fay, having her be kind of a Morgan Le Fay character, having her be that kind of, you know, pull that out of the hat or even run into that character or things like Grimholds or, you know what I mean? That will make it very, very interesting. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Go see the movie. Rent it. Get it. Buy it. Do whatever you need to do. See it. Wow. Okay, so the I will continue with Marilyn's email. Okay. So, sorry for the long email, but there was so much stuff into that to our finale. Take care, and thanks again for another season of entertaining your podcast fans. Uh, cannot wait for next season, Marilyn. You're very kind, Marilyn. Thank yes, you, you very much. Thank you. Yeah, and that was awesome because you brought some really awesome points. This is from Kathy, Jeff and Colleen. I'm finally emailing you, first time. And I lost an entire um, external hard drive, so my, my fanfare music is gone. But I am fanfaring. Dun, 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 dun. There you go. I'm doing the music now. Um, to tell you how much I love your podcast. Thank you. Uh, I have tried to follow several others devoted to Once Upon a Time, but yours stands out. In terms of quality, content, and enthusiasm, <laughs> it's a highlight of my morning to listen to the latest podcast. You're very, very kind. Thank you. Yes, we appreciate I have been that. listening for a while now, and I've tweeted a couple of times. Now I want to chime in on the finale. I absolutely loved it. Alternate Universe Enchanted Forest was, for the most part, just so much fun. Mm-hmm. I loved how Henry took control of the situation and inserted himself into Isaac's new story. Henry really stood out as a driving force to bring everyone back to their true selves. Mm-hmm. Evil Snow and Boy Toy Charming, that's great, <laughs> were so much fun. I, and I can only imagine how much Josh Dallas and Jennifer Goodwin enjoy the role reversal. Yeah. And I would imagine that she probably picks up this fake heart at home. Come here now. <laughs> Get over here now. Pick up your pants. Pick up your shirt. <laughs> Dirty socks don't go on this floor. Something tells me that's not an issue at their house. All right. All right. Anyhow, uh, of course, the worst moment came when Hook, my favorite character, sacrificed himself for Emma and Henry proving that he is always brave regardless of how the author tried to rewrite him. I like the Jack Sparrow and Goat's Milk lines, too. (laughs) But even as bad as his death, quote unquote, was, I knew it could only be temporary. Yep. 
Finally, Emma is about to admit that she loves him and at least tells him before missing the opportune time once more. True. Yep. Henry, as the new author, let me me stop there. I, I love the idea. You know, and we hear it from what's it, the guy that won uh, the Academy Award for Whiplash? Uh, oh, J.K. Simmons. When he said, you, you know, call your mom. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- there's these these people that say, tell the people that you love that you love them. Yeah. Now. Say it now. Yeah. You don't know when. Right. And I, I love that that theme came out. And that's yeah. what... Uh, she's saying here so henry as a new author is perfect and his strength in breaking the quill was indicative of his believer's heart and inner strength mm-hmm. and sometimes we forget he has a heart of the truest believer right so love the very end as emma takes on the dark one dark swan and cannot wait for season five it's going to be a long summer i was well yeah, you follow us on Twitter, so that it'll be a little shorter now. So thank you for that. I was so envious of your participation in RegalCon and have really enjoyed the segments you recorded. You both seem like fun, like fun people. <laughs> I'm having trouble with words today. <laughs> you are. Just, language is a second language to you me. You are. You both seem like fun people. If I ever get to the West Coast, dinner is on me. Kathy, thank you so much. Awesome. We'll take you up on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll hang with you. If you ever come to Disneyland, just give us a little message and we'll we'll meet you over there. Absolutely. We're close by. Thank you so much, Kathy, for that. This is from Trace. Hi, Colleen and Jeff. Thanks for all the interviews and reviews from RegalCon. I wanted to be there so bad, so it was nice to enjoy the con vicariously through YouTube. Thought this episode was so good. I laughed, cried, yelled, and scrunched my nose a few times. <laughs> Finally, a finale that didn't end with Regina in crisis. I'll just give my favorite favorites part out part. Eh. I'll just get my favorite parts out of the way. What a sacrifice! Emma's words to everyone made me cry. Mm-hmm. I thought the portrayal of the switch characters was well done. Mm-hmm. I think they all put a neat twist on the characters that made them unique. The dark dwarfs were very creepy <laughs> and love Regina and snow. I also love the writing. They took dialogue that we remember and cherish from the past and made them relevant to the new story. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. I will always find you and I will always find you. What? I will always find you your majesty. Josh rocked that guy liner, super mm. hottie hot, and <laughs> Rumple telling Henry his good deed has no price. So funny. Yeah. Wimpy Hook was my fave. He was so cute fumbling about and drinking goat's milk. <laughs> Sounds like he was on Arbon. Anyway, <laughs> him and Emma were so... Uh, Arbon. Well, we may mention that toward the end of the podcast. Him and Emma were so cute. I was glad Henry finally got to the... Uh, enchanted forest mm-hmm. and help save the day becoming the author becoming the author once there's called this one but it was still great my theory has been forever that lily's dad is a sorcerer i'm sticking with it for now seems a bit obvious but still could be glad lily is staying regina being the one that sacrificed herself for henry henry and saved them was so satisfying. Her redemption has been the best arc to watch. I just want to say this really fast. 
is that I have noticed that as bad as Maleficent was, Regina was, and the Dark One was, that all their evilness is gone now. Have you thought about that? Huh. It's gone now. Yeah. So I just, I just, I was thinking about that. Is that almost like life with other people and life experiences sometimes, sometimes, mm-hmm. if you connect with others and are thinking about other people and you're part of a team and a group and all that, you lose that woe is me, mm-hmm. me against the world. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold this grudge for the rest of my life. Like I said, doesn't happen a lot, but it's happened in this situation, yeah. and I think it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'll continue with Trace's email. Bell's speech to Rump was so dead on. He had all that already. A wife, family, mm-hmm. hope his shiny new heart means he'll he'll be what Bell finally deserves. But everyone loves a naughty rumple. We'll have to see. <laughs> the episode was so well done by all. Ugh, this is going to be a long four months. Things that made me go, hmm, Will, just going to leave that to sit there. Will, Hmm. I think Frozen may have done in his story, but hope we still get that next season. And I really thought that they would have brought in the Frozen gang to help tie up the season and make it more cohesive. Imagine Evil Else and Anna, just something, Hmm. a nod to 4A didn't seem so isolated a nod to foray wouldn't seem so isolated of a season half. Yeah. And finally, I love the ending, but not knowing who the dark one was was going to going to made the summer hiatus too. Just to end the show with the darkness going into someone we just wouldn't know yet. Yeah, so it would mm-hmm. have been it would have been really tough if we would not have known. Yeah, it would have been. Question. Um, can one of us just pick up the dagger and command Emma to stay in the loft until they figure out <laughs> figure this all out? Just saying. Yeah. What kind of dark one do you think she will be since she is pure light magic to start with? And where is she? Will it dilute her the mm. evilness? I don't know. Be interesting. Maybe the only person that could help her is Lily. Yeah, maybe. Big love to you both and all oncers. What a great season four. Can't wait for fall, for the fall. Maybe a Disney once again with Merlin. Uh-huh. I have a great summer, everyone. Think I'll rewatch season one and catch up on my Merlin and Knights of the Round Table mm-hmm. stories. Heads up, Gallivant was renewed. Anyone who didn't watch because of the music, please give it a try. It was so funny and well-written. Not so much of a kid's show, but very funny. Talk to you all in September. Trace. Thank you, Trace, Thanks, so Trace. much. We we enjoy all the emails that come in, mm-hmm. but thank you, Trace, for sending yours in. Yes. And actually, that does bring up an interesting question. Who's going to pick up the dagger? Yeah. Will it be Henry that picks it up? Will it be, did Regina pick it up? I don't know. Emma, I mean, not Emma, uh, Snow, Charming. Yeah. What's even scarier is, what if Rumpel gets his hands on it? Mm. Yeah. 
I, well, I think no, I, I think Rumples in some kind of a hibernation thing. For now, right? But that's what I'm saying. What if season five? This is my kind of like just a musing out loud kind of prediction of sorts. What if in season five somehow Rumpel is released from that? It's right. you know preservation till his heart gets back to you know normal because it was a white heart. So what if when it gets back to normal and has actual like you know blood flowing through it and all that good stuff? What happens if when he finds out Emma has the power, the dark one power that mm-hmm. he wanted so badly? If he's still so cowardly and he knows that the only way to do it is to kill her, what if he spends the entire season trying to get the power back? Yeah. That would make him, you know, still who he is and that would make him evil Rumple, you know, naughty Rumple. Right. And then for him to try and take the power back, meaning he could control her and getting her to do his bidding. I'm just saying, right. just throwing that out there because I know it seems impossible at this point in time, but we've also seen some pretty impossible things happen on this show. I'm just predicting at some point in time, Rumpel is either going to get a hold of the dagger and try to control Emma or he's going to try to get the dagger to control Emma. This is what I think. I think season five is going to be season five, but I think at the end of season five, it's going to be they are totally gone from wherever they are, the whole group. And they're, I don't know, they're somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be very losty. We've got to go back. And then they have to make a decision. Where do we go? Mm-hmm. Do we go to Storybrooke? Or do we go to the Enchanted Forest? And then make a decision. Because remember, Snow was telling Charming, I don't, I don't necessarily want to be here. Yeah, I want to go to the Enchanted Forest. There was that kind of a discussion. Yeah. It was making a decision where. Yeah. And I think the final season, whether it's season six or seven or whatever, I think it probably will be six, mm-hmm. is that that's going to be the final season, is to make it the way it was, you know, like right before season one. Yeah. And Maybe. they'll that's where they'll be from now on. Yeah. All right, uh, the next email is from Billy. Ask a very interesting question. My name is Billy. I'm a huge fan of the show Once Upon a Time, and I wanted to know if there was an email address to contact Adam Horowitz and Andy Kitsis. Uh, Is this the email address or another email address to email them? Billy, thank you so much for the email. I know you've also left a couple of voicemail messages. Uh, We're flattered that Mm -hmm. you would think we would know. Honestly, (laughs) I have no idea. No. I do not have an email address to get a hold of uh, Adam and Eddie. This is an unofficial podcast. We are not hooked in officially at all. And I, I'm sorry. Maybe try Disney. Yeah. Uh, I would try ABC. ABC. Just ABC Studios. Kind of you can write a letter to go them, there. care of ABC Studios, and they should be able to forward it to them. So That's what I would suggest. That's, that's definitely what I would suggest. I mean, we... We enjoy your emails, but it's unfortunately it's not going to get where you want it to go through here. So we wish you the best of luck. I try ABC. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. All right. This is from Brad. Blown minds and awesome voice tags are included in the price on this podcast. So I encourage new listeners to take it for a test run. You won't be disappointed. Now on to the things I learned in the episodes entitled Operation Mongoose Parts 1 and 2. 
Operation Mongoose Part 1. Profound complications of the universe can be seen on a color TV. <laughs> Number two, Claret's Family Restaurant is has the best, best breakfast in town. <laughs> Number three, Star Publication is a little understaffed. That's true. And needs some <laughs> other furniture, too. And in a too. very large, large office space. Maybe maybe that's where fame was after. Remember fame? They had that big workout room. Yeah. Number four, the hardships of living through life without a space command re- remote was a real deal in 1966. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. That's what kids were for back then. Go turn that channel. Hurry. Yeah. Number five, autographing your own book can be such a chore. See, there's that thing. <laughs> he just He's not happy. Yep. All right, number six, you have a better chance of outrunning an ogre than beating dysentery in the Enchanted Forest. <laughs> True. Number seven, Henry's driving skills seem to have improved since the controversial mailbox incident. Yes. Number, Apparently he's been practicing. He has been. Number eight, seven deadly dwarves means seven ways to die. <laughs> Especially when grumpy around. Yeah. Number nine, Grumpy turned to Peppy when it came to offering his services to kill Isaac for the queen. <laughs> he was very peppy about Number that. 10, sadly for Emma, L'Oreal does not exist in the Enchanted Forest. No. <laughs> yeah, she needed some, boy, yeah. makeup work there. Yeah. She was still kind of pretty. Oh, she still looked great. All right. Operation Mongoose Part 2. We have special extended mm-hmm. things he learned. Number one, Blackbeard spends more time on the floor of the Jolly Roger than he does sailing it. That's true. (laughs) Number two, Lily should not have been fooled by the Wookiee prisoner gag. Everyone knows he was way too short to be from Kashyyyk. That's funny. Number three, if you're looking for rum-flavored beverages around the holidays, you might want to look elsewhere because Deck Hand Hook will be serving goat's milk, eggnog only. Number four, according to Grumpy, Granny has fleas. Oh. It's not true. No, she doesn't. We know for sure. That's true. She's a very, very nice lady. She's a lovely person. And and Grumpy is a nice person, too. So is he. They all were. Number five, Blue and her gaggle of uglies would have been a great 70s rock band name. (laughs) Wow. Number six, Snow has a love-hate relationship with doctors. Yeah? (laughs) She does. Yeah. Number seven, always keep your war table well-polished. That way the heartless bodies will simply slide right off. (laughs) She, uh, yeah, she's very much like, watch The Untouchables if you've never seen The Untouchables. Yeah. There's a great mirroring of that scene. Yeah. Number eight, when living in an alternate universe, avoid your future father-in-law at all costs. (laughs) That's that's good advice. Yeah. Number nine, be very cautious when accepting a letter. The darkness tends to use the mail slot. True. (laughs) That is true. And it looks like film. Anyway. Long strands of film. Mm-hmm. Number 10, what happens in dragon form stays in dragon form. Yep, kind of like Vegas. Mm-hmm. Burning questions. If the dark savior somehow travels to the enchanted forest, will she shimmer with gold? Hmm. Who? A dark savior. Oh, mm, interesting. 
In the Disney film, Merlin has the ability to shapeshift. This includes many animals as well as a germ. If Lily was conceived while Maleficent was in dragon form, could Merlin perhaps be the father? Mm-hmm. That's that's a good name on the list there. It's very much in And it all kind of, of ties list. in with, yeah. I think it'd be really funny if they somehow went a different direction just because it's almost too obvious. Right. But I'm pretty confident that's where they're going to go with it. Madame Mim is the main protagonist of Merlin. Could she... Number one, have created the darkness, or number two, turned into the darkness. If not, could she still be a potential upcoming villain? Yes, I would say so. Is Merlin the famous wolf? Fate, in, in parens, that has been leading Emma. It could be. Oh, could be interesting. How did Isaac get into the book after Henry used the key? That's a great question. Apparently when Henry was pulled into the book. So I think uh, Isaac jumped on and grabbed his, you know. Now, I know this is kind of. in, you know what I mean? We are. Because it created a portal of sorts. Yeah. I often talk about the uh, Adam and Eddie bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So remember, that's how. That's how Ariel got through. Yep. Remember, that's how the uh, urn got through. Sure. So it's just kind of, if you're close by, yeah. you can get sucked through. Yeah. So I've yeah. all, all... It's how Zelina got through. Right. To become right. Marion. Yes. All right. Have a fantastic summer and enjoy the time off from the podcast, Brad. Thanks, Brad, so much. Now... We have some sad information. We love voicemails. We appreciate them so much. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, Andrea uh, called in twice. It was very, very, very difficult to hear. I don't know if maybe it was a Magic Jack or some kind of uh, computer or something. Voice over IP. It was something. Very, very difficult. Unfortunately, yeah. Part of it was it was very, very, um, very almost metallic. technical sounding electronic sounding and it just garbled a lot of the words so it was really hard to to get the whole uh voicemail and i tried to i tried to work with it i there's a couple of settings that i used to make it sound a little better and Mm -hmm. i i i couldn't so from from what we could gather from it uh, andre there's a lot of things that she was disappointed in yeah she did like uh, henry's role she did uh, yes it was expanded but uh, for the but most part i think that the finale was a little bit more of a disappointment for andrea so yeah. so very sorry to hear that um i you know i mean i know it wasn't for everybody and i know there were definitely things that weren't perfect about it but at the same time you know, uh, a lot of people enjoyed it. And um, so hopefully season five will make it better and you'll enjoy that. Yep. And we have one voicemail here. Let me play this. Hey, Jess and Colleen. It's Janelle from Ohio. I know it's been forever since I've called in, but I want, I've been listening to the real Kong review and you guys that made me cry. <laughs> um, you know, I've been with you guys since your very first episode. I used to interact a lot, but went through an extreme personal upheaval, but still listen to you guys. 
it was like a piece of home. Um, so now I'm getting to the point where I can start really interacting again and Colleen hearing you, you know, giving Ian that hug for me just, just made me feel all fuzzy. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks so much. I know that, uh, there's been some really, uh, tough things going on with you, uh, Janelle, and also mm-hmm. there's been some really great things with mm-hmm. you. And so yeah. just know that we're, we're cheering you on and, uh, we know you're out there listening. We really appreciate it. We and, do. Uh, all your, uh, Facebook messages and likes and things like yeah. that. We really, really yeah. appreciate that. So hang in there, keep rocking. And, uh, we, We'll, uh, we got some more podcasts for sure coming. So definitely. And Ian was very sweet about the hug. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. He said he was very, he wanted to know who he was giving hugs to. So I made sure he knew. So yeah, that was, uh, that was really cool. That, that whole experience. And, um, so this is it. This mm-hmm. is it. Mm-hmm. We have no more. And I want to send big love out to everyone. And if you're new to the podcast, there's probably a lot of new listeners. Big love is so big that you can't keep it to yourself. Even a dog can't keep it. And so take from the big love what you need and pass on the rest to somebody else. Because we all need it. We and do indeed. That's what that's what life <laughs> is all about so but yeah ladies yelling about please, in the background yes and give lady him, give the big love around give it right, around don't right. keep it for lady, yourself give it to your lady is all again. all about the big love and the, <laughs> the treats so anyway thanks so much everyone for listening to us spread the word however you can uh we thank you for retweeting and following following us on twitter yes there's a lot of fun things involved. We're doing little quizzes here and there and some giveaways coming up. And we thank you for your support and going to our support page as well. We appreciate that. So until next time, this is Jeff and Colleen saying bye-bye. See you later. Bye. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Roni's Own Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.